you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 328 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, going over the A's come from behind win. That was thoroughly exhilarating. It is hours later, and I am still stoked about the way the A's won that game on Wednesday. That was uh, not fun for eight innings, and then a lot of fun for the last two. I'll get into all of that stuff for you guys. And then in the second segment, we're talking about Chris Davis, Crush Davis himself coming back on a minor league deal. And uh, is he going to be in Oakland? And I'm going to talk about all that. And then in the third segment, of course, we're doing Wild Wild West Watch. Uh, good news, bad news, all that stuff. Uh, so that's what we got coming up for you guys today. But before I get into any of that stuff, you can also join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on the Locked On MLB podcast for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB hosts like myself. Uh, it's a it's a fun podcast. He does a good job. He, he has some hot takes. He had some hot takes about the Astros and Dodgers game on Tuesday. Uh, so that was a fun Wednesday episode, I got to say. So if you want to get in on that podcast, you guys can subscribe to the Locked On MLB podcast today or whenever, you know, on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to hear podcasts. And you can also do the same thing with this podcast, Locked On A's. Find it in your feeds wherever you're listening to this currently. Subscribe there. That's uh, usually where, where I do things is uh, wherever I'm doing it. Keep doing it there. You can also also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. Thank you to everybody that showed up in the Spotify Green Room app on Wednesday. That was a fun, fun conversation. And if you guys have any questions, please email us at lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So let's talk about the A's win over the Padres. And they needed this win. And I think that the way that they won this game is going to have some repercussions moving forward. I think that it's going to be that that catalyst victory that we as A's fans and them as the team have been needing for a month and a half. They needed this win. And I know that they just had a good series against the Angels, but the Angels are the Angels and they're not a great team. And to have lost three out of four to the San Diego Padres, who are roughly the equivalent of the A's in a bunch of different stats, you know, record and uh, runs against, runs scored, all that stuff. They're fairly similar teams. The, the Padres get a lot more pub than the A's, but uh, it feels like they needed to ha- at least split the season series with San Diego. Diego, and they ended up doing that in very dramatic fashion. Let's go through that ninth inning just real quick. With the A's down 3-1, to one, Ramon Laureano had a heck of an at-bat against Mark Melanson. Ramon took him to 10 pitches in that at-bat, and that's something that you love to see from any batter, especially on your own team. And when it's Ramon Laureano doing it, not the guy that you think of giving you a 10-pitch at-bat and then capping that off with a double to lead off the inning. 
excellent at bat from Ramon. And then everything looked uh, a lot bleaker there after Ramon Laureano K'd and then Josh Harrison grounded out, which moved Ramon over to third, which was good. And then uh, you're like, all right, well, let's see what happens. And then Sean Murphy gets his at bat. He walks. So that was okay. And then you get Matt Chapman up. You got the tying run at first base. But he had not had a good game. He had popped out and then struck out very convincingly in his other two at-bats. He comes up with a chance to be the hero. And he kind of was, I guess, because he prolonged the game with an infield single. It scored a run, so it it didn't get very far. It was just kind of in the hole between third and short. And they, they fielded it on the grass. They just didn't have a play. So infield single for Matt Chapman scores one. And then Johnny Gomes comes up to bat with a runner on second base. Tony Kemp was running at that point, and uh, he he got, gave another really, really good at-bat in this game. Uh, in this ninth inning against Mark Melanson, he went down 0-2 on the first two pitches, went six pitches total, and then he got that little bloop single that tied the game. Uh, Mark Cannon was the next batter, and he you know popped out to just, uh, just beyond first base uh, on the first pitch. So uh, went to extra innings and the ghost runner or the, the the runner that starts on second base to begin extra innings, that run scored, but Lou Trevino was fine. He didn't pitch poorly. In fact, the A's bullpen went four shutout innings if you don't include that ghost runner. And so that was a very, very nice uh, outing and performance from the A's bullpen. It was Andrew Chafin, uh, Jake Diekman, Yusmero Petit, and then Lou Trevino didn't allow any earned runs. That There was the ghost runner, but that's it. And then uh, in the bottom of the 10th inning, you got that ghost runner and Mark Canna on second base. And then Starling Marte, of course. He got a hit, and it was first and third for Matt Olson or Matthew Kent Olson, if you're not nasty. And uh, he he drove one to the wall. It looked like it was going to be a sack fly. He thought it was going to be a sack fly, but it bounced off the wall over there in right field. And he put that swing on it that you're so used to seeing in these situations. If you think back to opening day of 2020 against the Angels, that swing that they gave Hobie Milner on the first pitch that he saw from Hobie, uh, that, that walk-off grand slam, it's that same swing right there. Just same thing, uh, different results, but uh, it bounced off the wall. Both runs scored because the runners were in motion and the A's won this one five to four. It was a big, big game for the Oakland A's. They needed to have this game because they were just not doing anything offensively. And you like to see this. And they got another solid pitching performance. They gave up four runs technically, but the ERA is still under three in this game. Uh, Frankie Montas was pretty decent. The Padres were kind of waiting on the splitter the second time around the order, but otherwise he was pretty good. He went six innings, gave up eight hits, three earned runs, didn't walk anybody, which is always a good thing from Frankie Montas. He also struck out eight. He only threw 86 pitches. Pitches, which is pretty good. So there, Bob Melvin is getting length out of his guys, but also not pushing them too far too often. And you like to see that from Frankie Montas. Jed Lowry also home run or hit a home run in this game. I should probably mention that he was basically the damage that the A's had done in this game. And uh, th- there was that hit. And then there was a hit from Matt Olson in the third inning. And then there was no other hits until the ninth, until that Ramon Laureano leadoff double. There was nothing in the fourth or the fifth or the sixth or the seventh or the eighth. It was not a lot of fun. There was a couple of walks in there, but nothing, nothing big. They weren't getting to Joe Musgrove or the Padre bullpen, but they got to the closer eventually. And they got this win. It's a big, big win. I think, uh, the off day 
couldn't come at a worse time <laughs> because you, you got the Texas Rangers coming into town for the weekend series. Hopefully they can keep this momentum going. Hopefully they're having some fun with each other. They got a bunch of new additions. Hopefully they're finding, you know, Andrew Chafin, his boat as a team. I'm sure that Cole Irvin, Cole Irvin seems like the guy that's going to help Andrew Chafin get that boat. <laughs> Just kind of wanted to throw that one in there. Um, but hopefully they're doing some good things, some nice bonding things after this win on this day off to get them ready for the rest of this month because the next week is okay. The week and a half is okay. And then it gets to be a little bit more challenging when they start going to Chicago to face the White Sox for four games. So it's going to be a very, very interesting second half of this month. So you got to get those wins while you can. And so that's why this is a big, big win because they're, they're fending off a bunch of teams and I'll talk about them in the third segment today. But uh, real quick, I want to go over Joe Musgrove and his pitch mix because I mentioned it a little bit on yesterday's podcast uh, as, a, as a preview for this episode or for uh, this game. And Joe Musgrove, I said that his curve and his slider were his two most effective pitches, and he usually throws them about 50% of the time. But in this game against the Oakland Athletics, he threw his curveball 37% of the time and his slider 30% of the time. So that is 67% of the time, which is 17% more than expected or more than his season average. And uh, yeah, that's that's how that works uh, for the season. His curveball was going 29.7% of the time. So that's almost an 7.3% uh, increase, I guess. So that's a, a good sizable increase on that curveball. And then his slider went up by 9.2% uh, in usage. And those two pitches, the batting average against on the season heading into this game, the curveball was a 140 batting average against, and that slider has been deadly. It was an 096 batting average against. I can confirm neither of the A's two hits off of Joe Musgrove were on those two pitches. One was a sinker, one was a four-seam fastball. I believe the fastball was to Jed Lowry, the one that he hit out. And uh, so he was he was really good today, but the A's got this win. And more important, not more importantly, but just as importantly, the Houston Astros lost. And uh, I don't have time to talk about them in the third segment for Wild Wild West Watch. So I'm going to talk about them right the hell now. They lost to the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers finally doing something good. Max Scherzer made his debut. He pitched good, I think. Uh, the, the Dodgers won. I didn't go too deep into this box score. I just wanted to tell you the Dodgers won. And uh, Scherzer made his debut. Astros fans are acting like they won this game because uh, Carlos Correa hit a solo home run off of Joe Kelly, and that's a big deal because Joe Kelly made the pouty face last year, so they're like, yeah, we got that win, but they were already down by like five runs at that point. I don't know. Uh, they made it close late, but uh, the A's with that loss by the Houston Astros, which was not a win, even though they hit a home run off of pouty face Joe Kelly, uh, the A's are now four and a half back of the Houston Astros, and if they can just kind of get a game here, get a game there. I know they just lost a game on Tuesday because the Astros won the A's lost, but if they can get within three, maybe two, uh, getting into the, the later part of September, maybe we'll see some good things happen like we did in 2012. But uh, that is well, well in the future. We got some guys to fend off as well. So I'll talk about that in the third segment. But, but coming up, I am talking about the return of Crush Davis and uh, what the hell that means for the 2021 Oakland A's. Is he going to be in the lineup? There might be a spot for him. So let's talk about it. Stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. 
We're all trying to get in shape and eat right and freshly can help. Their delicious meals are designed by nutritionists, which is, uh, that, that's, that's a plus, obviously. And then they're cooked by chefs, and you want food cooked by chefs. You don't want it cooked by me. You want it cooked by chefs. Uh, just ask my wife. So with those two factors, Freshly is making it easier to eat better. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skinned. Skip the trip to the store. Ordering is also easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak, peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. That sounds delicious right there. I got something like that from a local restaurant, and uh, I kind of want to try Freshly's version now. And now our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. They uh, know my search history. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off for your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, and you can save time and money by using Rock Auto. Auto. Why choose to spend 30 or 50 or 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online, and Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But let's talk about the big news. It seemed inevitable, but it is now inevitable or happened, I guess. Um, Chris Davis is back with the A's on a minor league deal. And that just feels right because uh, I know that he was owed over $16 million for this season. And that's kind of why they moved him a little bit to save a little bit of money and go do some other things. But um, yeah, it just feels nice having him back in the organization. Let's see what he's been working on at home over the last couple of months since the Rangers DFA'd him. And he's just been a free agent just sitting there. Uh, let's see if he's fixed because if he's okay, maybe, maybe he's a big bat that the A's could just add off the quote unquote scrap heap. And uh, maybe they can get something for him. Maybe, they, maybe he can get a, give the A's a big home run. So I'm going to talk about when the timeline is that he could be joining the A's, uh, depending on, you know, a few different factors. And then also uh, right now, I want to go over that trade just one more time because it looks very, very lopsided now because the A's have all of the assets, but uh, 
Yeah, let's just go over that one one more time. Uh, the original trade was Jonah Heim, who is very, very good and, you know, a solid backup catcher or starting catcher if you want him to. I think today's, he's got some potential. He's a nice switch hitter. He just walked off on the Mariners twice over the last weekend. So he's got some pop. He's a good catcher and he's been pretty solid for the Rangers this year. I'll get into that here in just one sec. But uh, it was him and Dane Aker, who was a minor leaguer. He was a 2020 draftee and he's actually been pitching fairly well. Uh, he's got a 284 ERA and A ball right now. So he's still in the lower minors, but he was one of the A's five draft picks last year. They didn't get that many. So he's, you know, a fairly high draft pick for the A's. I think he was a third rounder, if I'm not mistaken. I may be mistaken, though. Uh, he might have been a second rounder or a fourth rounder. Uh, it was two, three, or four. Anyways, uh, moving on. And the A's also sent over Chris Davis in that deal. But since Chris Davis was a free agent, the A's now have Chris Davis. So now it's just Jonah Heim and Dane Acker. Uh, those are the two guys that are still with Texas right now. And uh, it looks like the A's should be winning this one, but they're not because Jonah Heim has been worth a full win above replacement by himself. And the A's are not getting that kind of production. Uh, Acker has not done anything in the major leagues, so we don't know what his value is uh, just yet. So he's just a zero. He's he's an, an N.A., if you will. Uh, but with uh, with the Rangers, Chris Davis was worth negative 0.3. So even with the negative aspect of Chris Davis with the Rangers, uh, Jonah Heim was still worth one. So that's 0.7. And uh, if you if you know who else was in that trade for the A's, you can kind of guess where this one's going because Elvis Andrews was part of that trade, but he's been worth 0.2 wins above replacement. So he's been okay. He's been roughly league average, which is all that I was hoping for this entire season is be league average. That's all that the A's need. Uh, and then Matt Chapman decided not to bring a bat with him for most of the games. And uh, it has been a bigger hole than expected, but Anyways, they're hitting back-to-back -back now. That's that's how the season's going for both those guys. <laughs> um, but uh, the other guy that was in that trade was Aramis Garcia. He's got a, a negative 0.1 win above replacement. So uh, in total, the A's have 0.1 wins above replacement. Meanwhile, Jonah Heim by himself has one. So huge deal. Also, the A's got money in that deal. I think it was uh, $13.5 million. So that's for this year and next year to pay off some of uh, Elvis Andrews' contract. So the A's got a little bit of money. And whether or not the A's are using that for Elvis Andrews or whether or not they used it to go get Sergio Romo and Yusmer Petit, which could swing that trade a little bit more in the favor of the A's. We don't really have the books, so I can't really give you a hard opinion on that. But the players and, you know, all of that stuff just on paper uh, doesn't look great for the A's. But the A's got Chris Davis, so that's good. We like him. Let's see what he can do for the Oakland A's. And if he ends up being okay in Oakland and he puts up like half a win, which is probably not going to happen because he's going to have maybe a month to do it. Uh, but if he gives the A's something, then, hey, if, if he gets the A's a big walk-off hit or a big hit in a big situation and they win that game, that's a big move for the A's right there. So uh, I will take that any day of the week. So the plan right now is to have Chris Davis report to Vegas at some time. He's currently in Arizona just, you know, working on stuff at the spring training facility, but he's going to be reporting to Vegas, see how things go. Um, and really, I think that if you're the A's, you're looking at, how is he handling breaking balls? Because that has been his biggest flaw the last two seasons. Uh, he's hit fastballs just fine. In 2021, in this season, he was still hitting fastballs at a 263 batting average, which, again, you know that he's a 247 hitter uh, over the span of like four years that he was good. So he's been better against fastballs. And in uh, 2020, we remember his 2020 season, right? He hit 283 against fastballs, but breaking balls last year, 
Well, let's start with this year because it's uh, better and I'll get to that. Uh, here we go. Breaking balls this year. He's hitting 105, which is not great. And again, he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time. He started off hurt. He got DFA early. So there's not a ton of playing time here, but still 105, not a great batting average, even in a short sample size. Uh, and then last year in a slightly bigger sample size, he hit 0.033, which is much less. I think that's a hit every 30 at bats. It's not great. He didn't do good against breaking balls. So I think that that's going to be the big test for him is uh, go throw him breaking balls. Can he hit those now? Because if he can't, then he's not going to be in Oakland. He's not going to have any impact. But if he can, you know, get get around the breaking ball problem and get more fastballs thrown to him, maybe he's a guy that the A's can kind of rely on. And just just for fun, his off-speed uh, it's been okay. There there wasn't really a, a big enough sample size this year to go off of, but last year he was one for 13 against off speed. So uh, still under 100, but one for 13 isn't a huge sample size to go off of. So that's, that's where we stand with Chris Davis is can he hit breaking balls now? Has something changed? Has he been able to reset and kind of shake that, that monster within him? I think that's what he called it, right? The monster or the other, he called it something, uh, the thing where he can't throw, um, it, it's gotta be something like that with breaking balls right now. Cause he used to be a very, very good hitter. So let's see if, uh, he's figured something out and he can be the player that he has been over, you know, for that span of four years with the A's, can he be that guy? And if he can be for just one month, if he can have one amazing month, that could be a huge, huge difference maker for the A's. But how do they fit him in, especially with Chad Pender nearing a return to the A's uh, lineup or, you know, at least roster, uh, because they've already got a bunch of guys on this roster and I don't know who you squeeze right now. Uh, do you squeeze Mitch Moreland? Do you squeeze Stephen Biscotti, who's still owed money? Because you can't the A's probably wouldn't just DFA him partially because of his uh, ties to the community and all that stuff. And partially because he's owed, you know, seven and a half million dollars next year. So that wouldn't make a lot of sense for them, but maybe they do that phantom IL stint that I was talking about uh, in last week's show where, how are you going to fit these guys? Maybe that's what they do with Steven Biscotti just to get Chad Pinder up. And then I think the plan would be once rosters expand in September, maybe that's when you see Chris Davis um, and maybe Nick Allen too. I mean, let, let's, Let's see some guys in September, see if we can find some difference makers for this year and next year. Um, it, it'll be interesting, but I think that we're going to have to wait, you know, another month or so until we see Chris Davis in green and gold. But, uh, man, I can't wait to see him in some Kelly green because he looks good in those. I gotta say, um, so it's nice to have him. Let's see what he can do. If he can hit breaking balls, I'm all for this experiment and maybe, maybe, maybe. He takes a little bit of playing time away from Mitch Moreland, but uh, I think the Jet Lowry's kind of got that on lock right now, so let's see what happens there. But that's all that I got for you on the Chris Davis front. Coming up, I'm talking about the wild, wild west. So how did the playoff picture shift over the course of the last 24 hours? I got that coming up for you guys, so stay locked in. We're locked on A's, and I'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The trade deadline is in the mirror. And now we are just gearing up for playoff baseball. And you can track all of the action over at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, the NFL, and also your UFC or MMA action. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and 
and contest information. If you like watching the Olympics like I do, I've been sucked into diving right now. And somebody just set the Olympic record for most points in a diving performance and it was amazing there was zero splashes and i wish i could have placed some money on that so don't be like me don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams continue their pushes for the postseason you can head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on and that is why everybody says that bet online are your online sportsbook experts Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying this show, make sure to leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. Those are always very much appreciated. You guys can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions, send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And our last sponsor that I just read was uh, the Bet Online ad. And I got to tell you, betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. And uh, with that, let's get into the Wild Wild West watch, you guys, because there's some a little bit of movement, good and bad. Let's talk about it. We already talked about the Astros. That was the most good movement that I think could happen is if you can get the Astros out of the playoffs, I'm all for it. So the A's really need to rack up some wins. I, I would thoroughly appreciate that. But uh, starting from the bottom, working our way to the top, let's start with the Seattle Mariners who lost to the Tampa Bay Rays 4-3. to I almost said that they beat them. They didn't. Uh, they lost to Tampa Bay 4-3. to They they did end up taking two out of three of these games against Tampa Bay. So uh, good performance from them overall. And they almost won this game, but they didn't. Uh, because Randy Rosarena had a two RBI triple, and then Joey Wendell had a sack fly to bring him in in the third inning. It was a three-run third that was the big damage inning for the Tampa Bay Rays. And this one, Logan Gilbert got the start for the Seattle Mariners, their young hotshot pitcher who's been pretty good. I got to say, he went five innings, gave up four hits, three earned runs. He walked four, which he's got to have to work on that. He struck out six, and then he relied very, very heavily on his fastball. He threw it 67% of the time. He's going to have to work on that. He has to refine his other pitches because he can't just be a fastball pitcher, but he is still going five innings and giving up three runs. So he's pitching this well with basically one pitch two-thirds of the time. He's going to be dangerous, I got to say. Anyways, coming up for the Seattle Mariners, they got four against the Yankees in New York coming up on Thursday through Sunday. So that's going to be, uh, I don't know who to root for. I guess Seattle because they're a game further back and also they're not the Yankees. So go Seattle, maybe? Well, yes, I think that we'll go yes for rooting for Seattle just because the A's face them more down the stretch and they can control their own fate a little bit more. So if Seattle sweeps, then that's okay because they're three games back. They got that extra game cushion uh, on Seattle. And the A's have that three game lead over Seattle, and then they can also control their own destiny the rest of the way against Seattle. Whereas the A's only face the Yankees four more times in Oakland and uh, let's, they have Joey Gallo now. So that's, <laughs> that's not foreboding at all. Um, anyways, let's move over to Toronto who won their game, but 
Cleveland made it close. Uh, Toronto with the win is now that uh, they hold at three games behind the A's as well. Uh, but Toronto was up eight to nothing in this game after three, and then Cleveland scored four and in the eighth, and then two in the ninth. Uh, they didn't have enough to complete the comeback, but they made it pretty close because that Blue Jay bullpen is not terribly good still. But uh, that that's for another day, I guess. Uh, I, I do want to call attention to what George Springer has been doing because he is absolutely on fire. Like literally, he's on fire. He went four for five in this game with a home run, three RBI, two runs scored, and he has 13 home runs this season in 38 games. He is really, 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 really hot right now. Um, and I, I went over his home runs per plate appearance, uh, you know, rates right now. And it is better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It's a little bit worse than Shohei Otani, but it's better than his teammate who has the second most home runs in baseball right now. Uh, he, he's hitting a home run every 12.62 plate appearances, which is half a plate appearance better than his teammate Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's at 13.15. So he is crushing balls at a ridiculous pace right now. If he if he could hold this pace for the entirety of a season, that's like a 50 home run pace. He's he's really, really, really doing a lot right now. And uh, that is terrifying because they are also on the A's schedule at the beginning of September, I believe. Uh, the last 15 games for George Springer, he's hitting 410 with a 464 on base and a 1.366 OPS a 1366 OPS over the last two weeks. And that's basically since the second half of the season started. Uh, he had a couple of meh games to start the second half. But since those games, he's been absolutely crushing the ball and not to be outdone. Steven Matz got the start in this one. He went six innings, gave up six hits, didn't allow an earned run. He walked one. He struck out eight. And uh, they've... They're a scary team if they get going, I got to say. Um, they got one more against Cleveland coming up on Thursday today. And then they got four against Boston in three days with a doubleheader on Saturday. And that'll be in Toronto. So that is another big series. Who the hell do you root for? Do you root for the guys behind you or the guys in front of you? I think go Toronto because, again, they're not the Red Sox. And let's hope for the best, I guess. I'm hoping for another Boston collapse, one of those patented Red Sox collapses. That's what I want to see because I don't like it when the state of Massachusetts is happy. So get bent, Boston. Uh, but anyways, moving on, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about Boston and their game here in a second. But the New York Yankees won their game, uh, a big dramatic come from behind victory over the Baltimore Orioles and Matt Harvey. Uh, so they are now, they are still two games back of the A's after that when Baltimore led this one three to nothing and then the Yankees scored the next 10 runs so 10 to 3 Yankees win that was super fun and every Orioles pitcher allowed at least one run to score in this game uh they're they're doing okay those those Yankees those bombers those jerks um and because I keep harping on it until he changes my mind, I'm going to keep doing it. Joey Gallo, since the trade, uh, he went 0 for 4 in this game. Since the trade, he is now 2 for 23 with the Yankees, which is under a 100 batting average for those keeping score at home. Um, so, yeah, the, the Yankees are doing good, even without Joey Gallo. Did they need to make that trade? Not necessarily, apparently. So, uh, good for them. Woo! Uh, and also, the Yankees scored runs for Jameson Tyone, which was a big talking point for a while there. And uh, they, they've done it in a couple of games back-to-back. So, yay. Anyways, talking about the Boston Red Sox, who with their win, they snapped a 
five-game losing streak, and they held their lead for the first wildcard spot over the Oakland A's. They are now three games above the Oakland A's in the wildcard race for that number one spot. So if the season ended today, the A's would be in, which is good, but they'd have to go to Boston, that house of nightmares, and that is not fun. So let's talk about this game just real quick. The Sox, they finally won a game. That's what I wrote. I already told you that, but they finally won a game. And uh, they had home runs from J.D. Martinez, Kike Hernandez, and then rookie Jaron Duran, who was a very nice sleeper pick for a lot of guys in the fantasy baseball draft. Uh, he's finally up and doing stuff. So they had three home runs. They scored four runs. And then uh, Detroit also hit a home run. So all of the runs in this game came on four swings of the bat. And uh, that's boring as hell baseball. So what a fun, fun game to recap. The Sox won this one four to one. And uh, they got one more game against Detroit. I believe the Red Sox are throwing Martin Perez. And then the uh, Detroit Tigers are countering with rookie Tarek Skubal. I actually don't know if he's a rookie. He might have surpassed that last year in the shortened season. But anyways, uh, that's the pitching matchup. A couple of tough lefties. Actually, I think that Detroit's is probably tougher. But uh, so hopefully Detroit wins that game and then everything's slightly better. Uh, a half a game better. Let's go with. And then again, they have that four game series in Toronto over the weekend. Four games in three days with the doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, go Blue Jays, I guess, and go Seattle because all these teams are playing each other and that is going to be a lot of weird mixed emotions this weekend, but the Astros are facing the Twins, so go Twins. I have no problem with that. Big Twins fan over here. Uh, always loved Joe Maurer and Rod Carew and Justin Morneau, I guess. <laughs> Those are three Twins that I can name off the top of my head. Um, anyways, that is all that I got for you guys today. Tomorrow, uh, the A's are off, so I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'll, I'll do a Wild Wild West watch, and then I'll come up with some other stuff to talk about as well to round out the week. Uh, I also got a fun interview coming up for you guys next week. I'll probably drop that one on Friday, and then the following week, um, I'm going to be leaving town from uh, the 12th through the 16th. I'm going to be going to D.C., so uh, I'm going to figure out scheduling. I'm, I'm not sure what I'm doing yet, but I will figure it out for you because you deserve good baseball talk here at Long on A's and I want to give it to you. So uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. They'll all have more updates on that stuff for you though. Uh, so until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.